2: What's up, good people? Oh, my goodness. March Madness is upon us, and we are sitting straight on the courtside with Christy and Gabe on the Her Hoop Stats Podcast Network. Gabe, Ibrahim, oh, my goodness. We have seen some great hoops 24-7 all week long, and I am in a happy place.
1: No, I am too. I I needed needed a day, though, because, like, last night and we're going to talk about this tech the texas a and arizona games it took it took like i felt like you know when you when you have those games there's like i felt like i played <laughs> and it was like you see jordan oh, nixon after man. the game like that in triumph like crying because of how much he cares about our teammates i was like guys like i, I need a day to like reassess my life and like, you know, <laughs> you know I need something, I need to like go and like, remember that I'm not actually playing in these games, but yes, yeah. it's been amazing.
2: Oh, it's been tremendous. And I tell you what, you know, people talk about, you know, the the emotion of the game and, you know, the heartbreak of the the losing team and the seniors on that team and the sacrifices that everybody has made this year have been immense, right? But the tears stay the same. And when you are finished with your college career, you don't expect it to end. So it's like a really hard fall. But no one really talks about the the emotion of the winning team Mm -hmm. and how Jordan Nixon just really displayed that full on. And, you know, there's only been one time in my entire life where we won the whole thing. And that was high school. We won the state tournament. And we were 29 and 0, game, And I'm telling you what, we were driving home back to the school. We were having this great time on the bus, like la-di-da. And then when we got close to the school, everybody was crying. Mm -hmm. Because we we were like, this is it. Like, that's, that's, that we don't have another game. Like, oh my gosh. So there are tears always, right? But for different reasons. But I think when you see Nixon's tears after that game and talking about how, her coach trusted her and how her teammates trusted her and, and how there was no timeout, even though they had a timeout left, Yeah, but he let it ride. So the defense couldn't get set up and you just have to go for it at that point, right? It's a tie game. You just have to go for it. And what an amazing moment. And the, and the, the shot bounced around. It wasn't like it was one of those straight on and mm-hmm. Arike Gumbawale kind of shots. It just bounced around. So I don't know. That was just an amazing moment for Texas A&M having been down all game and fight back to take it to overtime and, and to get that win. I mean, it was just a game of grit and I was exhausted too watching that. I mean, I was just like, what else can happen? And Jones, I mean, wow. 32 points for her. She is an amazing player that needs to be talked about more. Um, You know, we don't hear her name enough for a skilled First team All-American,
1: too, and we don't hear her name enough.
2: Right. And I'm saying, like, we don't know. Like, we need to have, like, we we hear the same names over and over again rather than the the full-on landscape of these phenomenal elite-level players. Like, yeah, she's All-American, but how many times have you heard her name before the tournament? Like, we need to blow all these players out into the wide-open field of, elite level players and they need to be mentioned more often than they're not. And yeah. Okay. You've earned all American honors, but let's talk about your story. Let's talk about it more than when you
1: arrive at the national tournament.
2: Let's know about oh, yes. these players a little more. Let's know about these players a little more. Cause she's a killer, a flat out killer.
1: And she, I mean, she had, um trying to see exactly when it was. I think it was like 39 seconds. It was like, they need, uh, Iowa state needed a bucket. Yeah, they needed a bucket because it. it uh, Texas A&M was going on a run, and she yeah. was the only. She I think she went on like a 9-0 run to end regulation, <laughs> and she had this just like really easy duck in, got the foul and one. And I was like, that's that's that. I don't know if I don't I don't know. I'm not a scout. Like I can't tell you who's going to be in the pros, and <laughs> I don't care. Like no, she, that's a Paul or play. Like that is something yeah. that only only real hoopers like can do. And she, yep. and she really exemplified that. Um, and you know, it, it was heartbreaking for her and her dad's in the stands too. <laughs> could, you, could you relate to that? I was one, I was like, I wonder what Christy's thinking. Cause I, I feel like someday there might be an ESPN tape of you. Uh, in this no, no. Hey
2: man, we don't, we don't need any sneak cams on, on mom. Mama Scott is what uh, the kids call me. Mama Scott. We don't need a, a, sneak cam on that because i would probably look very familiar <laughs> to uh mr jones um I, I just think you know if you're passionate about it i know the one time they showed him walking up the steps i don't think i would leave like he was trying to leave <laughs> at the end of that game he was he was irate wasn't he i uh mm-hmm. you know wanting some calls you know to go the other way but uh yeah I, i'm pretty passionate about the game but You know, it doesn't mean I'm out of pocket with it. It doesn't mean I'm, you know, I'm not cussing anybody. I'm not calling anybody's mama anything. Yeah. But I'm passionate about the game period, point blank, and I'm not sorry. So there's that. Um, (laughs) uh, Yeah, that would not be cute, though. We don't, you know, we, everybody has a camera. So it's kind of like you're all, (laughs) you're always on, right? You're always on somebody's YouTube uh, radar (laughs) when you're out. Your house, so
1: there's that. <laughs> I'm excited to get the experience because we're gonna go to Georgetown games next year um, <laughs> <Great>. <laughs> to watch Bree, and I'm excited to I'm excited to get this experience because I'll tell you what, if that was if that if that was my daughter, um, yeah, yeah, I'm gonna be going crazy too because I think you know they you know you always gotta take you always have to get, have your kids back and just like the coaches right. did, um, but you know it, it was such a this game to me, this Texas and M Iowa State game was like, it, I don't, it had everything you wanted, right? Like there was a big comeback. There was, there was a, a, a two buzzer beating moments, one to tie it at the end of regulation. Yeah. It wasn't buzzer beater, but it was, it was a game time yeah. shot. It's clutch. Um, and there, and there was the, the buzzer beater at the end of overtime and the interviews, the emotions on both sides and a great, just like a greatly played game. You know, I'm not sure I didn't check the shooting I don't we don't need to like get to the shooting percentages, but but yeah, both teams are pretty good. For uh, both teams above 40%, um not like a ton of turnovers. Wow, hold on. I always say had 24 turnovers? Ouch. Really? Ouch, ouch. Wow. That's incredible. It did We're not feel room.
2: it did not feel like that. You know, cuz sometimes, you know, when those live ball turnovers happen, they feel more impactful mm-hmm. but if you just bounce it off your toe you know a couple of times or you know deflection stuff like that uh you know or mishandling a pass and it goes out of bounds you know sometimes you don't feel them as much but 24 didn't feel like that still didn't feel like that
1: well they also so here's how they were in the game they out rebounded uh i would say out rebound the texas and them 50 of 38 so wow. that's how you stay in the game that's there stay you in go the game. <laughs> there it um, is Man, but it's it just an incredible game. It finished perfectly. It's like the it's the thing that you want. You know, if you're if you're making the whoever make whoever's making the one shining moment montage was watching that game. I was like, yes, like right. this is perfect. <laughs> this is absolutely perfect. Uh, just course. like this. Gonna, it's going to make for a perfect like that. You put the shot you put the other shot, then you do, then you have Jordan Nixon talking about how much your team trusted her and like how important that right. was. And it's just like, that's amazing. Uh, from, from a content maker's perspective, like that's perfect. That's um, what we and, needed. Yeah. You know, I think if you, if you didn't watch this game, uh, you, I think you missed something about March. Cause this to me is like quintessential March madness basketball.
2: No doubt. No doubt. And, you know, you you want the the dramatic moments, of course, but the story couldn't be written better, you know, for Texas A&M and and how they have fought all season. Really. They've had so many close games. I think it was nine single digit Mm -hmm. victories, I believe. So they've been in this place before. So I think when you've gone through those kinds of battles and come out on top in, in close games, when you're in it, you're not, you're not, I don't know, intimidated by that moment because you've done it before Mm -hmm. and you've, you've proven yourselves. And I think that really gives you confidence, you know, rather than if you've been blowing teams out and then all of a sudden you're in this tight game and you, you know, you've practiced situations at, at practice, but you haven't been in, you know, this is our season on the line. Yeah. Situation possessions. And you know, I think with with Texas AM, and I think they were primed for the moment. And oh. wow, Nixon, what does she have? Thirty five.
1: She had thirty five.
2: Gosh, man. But mm. well, I'm a fan, mm-hmm. I, and and she has gone through so much, you know, personally too. So it's just uh, kudos to her for for staying with it and uh, staying the course and trusting the process of it all. And
1: that and that's what that game was all about too. Like that's when you see those. When you see players doing those sorts of things, it's like you you understand like how that all fits in with your life experiences because that game was all about sticking with it and, and staying right. with the um, staying with the plan. And also, I just want to say like Iowa State's gonna be back here because Matthew <laughs> Jones is a junior. They have mostly freshmen on this roster. Like this is a team to watch out for. Um, yeah, killers so, all over the place going forward. Um, oh, I did nice. want I did want to flip it over to the other great, the other very close game we had. Yeah. Uh, Cause it was like, it was close. The Arizona BYU game, but in like, it was the exact opposite of the <laughs> Texas a like Texas A&M Iowa State just had like great execution, obviously a bunch of turnovers for Iowa state, but it was like, these teams are playing at a high level and it, it kind of had that, that heft of a great game. Of, like, it had a good flow and everything. And then yeah. you look at the Arizona BYU game, <laughs> and it's like, it was, it was, uh, don't want to be mean about it, but it was a rock fight. And I kind of, it was a rock fight. Yeah. I kind of love those games because it's like, you got it. Sometimes shots aren't falling. So both teams just have to, you got to put your heels in the dirt and say, we're not moving. And man, that's what, that's what Ari that's McDonald right. did. Did you see her in ball denial no. mode at the end of that game?
2: I mean, phenomenal, phenomenal. And and it was like her keen instincts kicked in and almost three steals a game, you know, on the season. So this isn't anything new. Like no, she's no. playing with a, uh, a new sense of urgency because of pole season play. Like this is how she plays all the time. I mean, she scored okay. over 2000 points on the offensive side. But if you can add up points defensively, she would have the same amount of defensive stops if you count that. Uh, just or or defensive disruptions. She's amazing. I mean, her energy is is just contagious, and oh, that's yeah. she's the X factor for Arizona. I mean, no doubt. And Adia Barnes, she has to be so proud to uh, get her team to the Sweet Sixteen this season. I mean, they have just you know gone from WNIT champs to now uh, being in the top of the country which is phenomenal for her. And I, I love her. So I'm so proud of her and, and Arie too. I mean, it's just to, you know, having a, a brief conversation with her before uh, postseason play began. I mean, she's, she just understands what the game is all about and she's going to be a great pro in the WNBA. And mm-hmm. I, I can't wait to watch her at the next level too.
1: It, and it's like, you know, I get there's going to be concerns about her size, but, I don't yeah. care, man. Like nah, when you nah. can, when you can just say, and what, and this is what she did at the end of that game. She said, "Y'all aren't getting past me. You guys are not <laughs> getting past me. Whatever you want to do, you're gonna have to do it around me because yeah. the person I'm covering is not getting the ball. And if they get the ball, I'm taking it from them." And yeah. B- BYU was being stubborn. They tried to they tried to get the ball to the person they wanted, who was uh, I forget her name. It's uh, Gonzalez. I forget her first name. I'm sorry. Uh, Shaylee, Shaylee Gonzalez. Um, there we go, Shaylee Gonzalez. And and they tried to get the ball because she was their best scorer, uh, and that did not go well because right, McDonald's like, you're not going to pass me. Um, yeah. and that is that to me was like, whoa, like this is Killer. this is a spe- another special person here coming mm-hmm. up and saying I'm not going home. My my career at Arizona is not ending tonight. Right. And I I was really really impressed by her. Do you know the last time Arizona made the Sweet Sixteen?
2: Oh man, was it when Adia Barnes was playing? See, it was there when Adia you go. Barnes
1: was their star player?
2: Hey, common denominator. <laughs>
1: uh, it's it's uh, it's it's really cool. It's just like a really cool love that um, full circle moment. And I think that's okay. that's what we're looking for in women's basketball because we okay. need more we need more women coming back and coaching yep. in in our. Game and I think yes. Bar- Coach Barnes doing this, having success, and proving how good she is. Yeah. Um, it just it just makes that path a little bit easier for the people coming up after her. Um, yeah, no doubt. But shouts to BYU, though, they're 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 a tough team, yeah, they're really tough.
2: Yeah, they got Rutgers and you know, one possession game in the mm-hmm. first round, and so you know, uh, Garante is another player is going to be a great pro had 30 in that game, but she just needed some help. They just got outscored by 10 in that fourth quarter against BYU. But I mean, I think it was 26, 16 in the fourth in that Rutgers game, but 26 points in that that last quarter, they really turned on the, the, uh, the gas there and Rutgers didn't have an answer, which you thought they would, especially with their defense, but they just didn't.
1: Yeah, no, it, it, it was tough because I picked because I watch so much Big Ten basketball, uh, it's like I do a podcast with a Big Ten analyst. I mean. And, and it's like I have to, you know, I watch so much of it. So I'm like, oh, all the Big Ten teams are going to win. And so I pick all the Big Ten teams except for Michigan because oh. I don't know. And now my bracket's completely busted.
2: Ah, see.
1: Neither here nor there. Um, but I did want to talk about the Big Ten Briefly, because you got we got three teams here. As I mentioned, Michigan is in the Sweet 16. Iowa is in the Sweet 16, and Maryland is in the Sweet 16. The only one Indiana I
2: got? and Indiana.
1: Oh, Indiana, Indiana. I'm sorry, four uh-huh. teams. Come Guys, on now, me. excuse me. Bring it me, all Indiana. <laughs> uh, I, I had Indiana and Maryland. I do want. All right, let's talk about Maryland because we have okay. been, We have been leading this train all year long. About how good this team is. I think after the first weekend, after the bubble tournament, I was like, mm-hmm. Maryland can win a championship. Right. Maryland has not had any trouble with mm-hmm. either Mount St. Mary's or mm-hmm. Alabama. They won by a combined 98 points.
2: I mean, hello. A hun- they've scored 198 points in two games, which is the most in. The uh, history of, of the Maryland program, number one, and I believe in the NCAA tournament for Big Ten teams. Mm. Anywho, listen to me. When people uh, chimed in about our prognostication
1: yeah.
2: of Maryland being a front runner to win the championship, you know, I don't, I don't uh, entertain people with with uh, negative vibes coming my way. I just let it <laughs> sit there. I, you know. I am not going to, you know, if if you walk into a room with two people arguing, you don't know which one is the idiot. So I just don't. And so for me, I think that Maryland is is proving themselves. And without me saying anything, without you saying anything, they're proving that they are 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 worthy of being mentioned as a front runner to win the title this year. And with Angel Reese playing the way that she's playing, Gabe, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. my gosh, man. Uh, you know, yes, they hung up 98 on Mount St. Mary's. Yes, they hung up their seventh 100 plus point game on Alabama, the most points scored against Alabama all season. And they play in the SEC. With that, you have to understand that they have weapons on both sides of the floor. So it's not just, okay, their offense is crazy deep. And their defense is insanely deep as well. So let's be clear that it's not just, well, they can, they can make shots. They're shot makers. Right. But they're also stop getters on the other side of it. And I think Brenda free said in the post presser post game presser after the uh, Alabama game, she said, you know, our team had scored 46 points before our leading scorer of the game and angel Reese with 19 scored her first bucket. Mm -hmm. So That just is a testament to the philosophy that Brenda Fries has set forth for this team and program, regardless of the faces in the uniform. It is the mentality of the players wearing the uniform that has carried this team to 15 straight wins headed into the Sweet 16.
1: It's really incredible how the defense, like you mentioned, they allowed nine points in the first quarter. Mm, mm, mm. That's crazy. Like, I don't care who – who you playing? Yeah. Was it thirty to nine? It was thirty to nine in the first come quarter. Come
2: on, come on! And in ten minutes, you scored thirty points. Come
1: on, dude. Well, they just demoralized you. They're like, we're yeah. putting this away. This game's over. Like, you yeah. can you can show up if you want to get some cardio in. Like, you can come and hang out, <laughs> but we're gonna put this game away early. And I, 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 I you know I. Look, we're big Maryland people. I didn't see that defensive performance coming. I think if you told me they scored 100 points, I'd be like, yeah, okay, that makes sense. But Bam only scored 64, and this is a good team. <laughs> They're very good. good. They're very but good. The other thing that's really impressive is, mm-hmm. so in, in the first game against Mount St. Mary's, Ashley Wooster scores 22 points. That happens pretty often. She's the yeah. team's leading scorer. She's the, She's their offensive leader. Yeah. In the second game against Alabama, she only scored ten points, and that to me shows. And the, and you could see this on the tape. Like yep. Alabama was like, we have to stop a Wu, we have to stop a Wu, we have to figure out a way to get her out of her game. And it's like, and she just looked at it. She said, "Okay, that's cool. I'm having an assist, I'm right. like, and then you, and then someone's <laughs> gonna be open. And you got this team around me that can do whatever they want. And if you want to get the ball out of my hands." Go ahead, I got Diana Miller. Like Diana Miller can, okay. can run this mm-hmm. offense. Katie Benson can run this offense. I this team to me is so complete. And I'm just there's I don't think there's a way to stop them. I just sincerely do not believe you could stop them. You could keep up with them, I think. Yeah. Maybe, but I'm not sure there's a team in their bracket. No shade to South Carolina. Right. I don't think there's a team in their bracket that can keep up with them scoring. Maybe when we get to Stanford, perhaps. Maybe if they play UConn national championship, perhaps, but I just don't think in their bracket, there's a team that can keep up with them scoring. Um, but now that I've said that, I do want to just like claw it back a little bit. They play Texas, Texas, is a real good team, um, <laughs> Beat UCLA. Uh, hey, Chrissy, when has uh, Maryland played Texas in the tournament before?
2: I mean, back in 1989, <laughs> You know, and it was in the state of Texas, although uh, this game will not take place in Austin this weekend for the Terps. Right. But, you know, we played them on their home court, child. You know, the story of, of my life, one of the uh, major defining moments for me <laughs> when we beat them there and snapped their 34 game win streak at home and went on to the final four. We were the last team to punch it, punch our ticket that night. had mm-hmm. a nine o'clock game, had to wait all day, pacing a, a, a groove into the hotel floor. Waiting to play. And uh, yeah, so I don't know if they played them after that. I think they played them. Yes. They, Maryland played in the uh, maybe 2015.
1: Close, 14, 2014. 14, 2014, see? second round.
2: Yeah. And before that, it was 89. And yeah, yeah. so I remember that popping up um, when Maryland played them before. But man, Charlie Collier is a problem. I mean, yeah. You know, she's only a junior, but people are talking about how she's, you know, probably going to go to the league and, you know, there's questions out there about that surrounding her uh, for next year. But, I mean, they're they're tough defensively. And you know, we saw that against UCLA. And they just don't allow you to turn the corner. And, you know, that's what Ashley Wusu likes to do, right? Get to those mm-hmm. elbows and, and turn the corner and get downhill. But Katie Benson, I think, is going to be the X Factor in that game. I think, you know. Her ability to, to knock in her threes, a 50 50 90 kid, and also Chloe Bibby in transition. You know, I think, in, you know, the transition game has to be on point for Maryland against this Texas team because yeah. they do have um, a lot of size inside. Um, they do have um, some quickness on the perimeter defensively. So I think the more opportunities they can get to open the floor up, rebound and run. Um, the better off they'll be, I feel, um, with with what they have. And Angel Reese needs to be, yeah. you know, as dominant as she mm-hmm. was in this last game against Alabama. And we're not even talking about Faith Masonas getting a career-high 16 yeah. against Alabama. Who, I mean, you know, let's talk about it. I mean, she's not even one of the six players we're talking about who averaged in double-figure scoring, but she had a bomb game against Alabama. So, I mean, she's a kid who plays through the mud, and she wants to, you know, she gets those hustle plays, and she's just tough, so... I think it'll be um, a great matchup and I think it'll be intriguing because of how Maryland plays on the offensive end, but you know, they need to get the stops necessary to play at the pace they want. And I think pace is going to be the key in that game.
1: Yeah. I think, I think um, for Texas, you know, Celeste Taylor also, she's a big time player. Um, She's a big time player. So I I think they have, there'll be challenges defensively, but if Angel Mm -hmm. Reese, again, like you mentioned, and this is key because, What's interesting too about Angel is like she's a star freshman, right? She comes in, I think she was what the second, third,
2: second top? behind Paige, yeah. behind Paige Beckers.
1: So she's second best recruiter yeah. in the country, comes in, gets hurt, yeah. comes back, and is just doing whatever the team needs it to be. Like she's the first off the bench yelling at the starters, getting them pumped up. And like yeah. that's that's a special thing when you have that in your program, a player who's willing to understand. Yeah, I'm really good, but my role this year is coming off the bench. My role this year is doing X, Y, or Z. I think you're going to tell yep. her in this game, Collier is – you got Collier. Shut her down. Shut her Let's down. Let's go. And I, yeah. I think between Mimi Collins, between Chloe Bibby, like you mentioned, between Reese, like they have enough to kind of – you can shut – Collier is not one of those players that is like not someone you can you can completely turn off. She didn't have mm-hmm. a great game, so I think if they have a good plan yeah. against her – uh, and go inside a little bit more, maybe on offense to get her in foul trouble, then I think Maryland's going to have an, e- an easier time with Collier. But the rest of Texas' team is really good. Um, and I'm, I'm wondering if they can produce enough offense to play with Maryland. And, again, like yeah. I mentioned, I just think the answer is <laughs> no. Like, I'm not sure. I'm not, I don't think it's going to happen. It's
2: going to be tough. I mean, I think they need to get the stops. I think, you know, you can't get in uh, an up-and-down game with Maryland right? I think percentages tell you that they shoot the ball too well for that. And if anything, you got to take the air out of the ball when you have the ball and really take that shot clock down under 10 and and take shots then and really try to fight for those offensive boards and kick it back out and take the next 20 seconds down to under 10 before you get into your sets. And I mean, you have to be really deliberate and, and you have to be conscious, obviously, of the clock. And you don't want to be taking desperation heaves with two seconds on the shot clock. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, you definitely want to be patient if you're Texas uh, with how you're running your offense. But I also think that Maryland, they're going to be trying to trap you. They're going to be trying to, you know, have Diamond Miller waving those long arms in your direction and getting deflections. And Maryland wants to push it. So you better take care of the ball if you're Texas, but at the same time for Maryland, they have to take care of the ball in the quarter court. I really think that, you know, Texas can be extremely disruptive on that side of it and you know, they close down the lane pretty well and that's where Maryland likes to attack, but they can also nail those threes. So they got to be hitting those threes if the lane is taken away.
1: No, I think I think those are all Good points. I just, I don't know. I don't know how you stop Marilyn. I was watching. I was like, I don't know. What would I do? Like I, I have no clue even what you key in on. Like there's nothing, right. there's nothing to, you just have to hope. You have to hope we're going to get yeah. offensive rebounds. You got to hope we're going our shots are going to fall. And then you got to hope they miss some because it's just, they're that good right now. Um, right. I did want to, I do want to talk about the other big matchup and it is a credit to what we have built on this podcast that we have not mentioned page backers, Caitlin Clark, UConn, Iowa, coming up in, in the Sweet 16. We wanted to get to everything else because, you know, I think everyone's going to be talking about Paige and Caitlin, And if you if you haven't, right. um, you know, if i been watching all season, like these are two th- names, you know, and they're great, you know, and they deserve their credit. And I think these two teams as well are really impressive mm-hmm. in, in different ways. I think UConn has been at this top level all year and yeah. Iowa – you know, if you don't watch the big 10, perhaps as much as we do. Thank you. Um, you, you may not know how good this Iowa team is even outside of, of Caitlin Clark, because yeah, she's been incredible. She had 35 points against Kentucky in a blowout win. Mm, insane. But she also had six assists. She leads the country right. in assists because this team around her knows exactly what they're doing and they know how to play with her. So, when you look at Iowa and Yukon yeah what what are the big matchups you know mm-hmm. we could talk, we could just talk about Caitlin and Peckers but outside of those <laughs> two as
2: well. well first of all um, shout out to everyone who has watched Caitlin Clark score 11 or 12 30point games all season long so this is this is a player who hasn't just popped up out of nowhere and this Iowa team isn't just some oh, who is this Iowa team. They've been here all year. So let's get it right. When we're talking about these teams, um, especially from the big 10, let's get it right when we're talking about Iowa who wasn't ranked all season long, uh, but they were receiving votes and kind of crept into the the, the 24, 25 spot in the AP poll towards the end of the year. But five teams in the big 10 were ranked in the top 25 all season. Mm -hmm. Um, And if you're going to be talking about women's basketball, then you need to know about Caitlin Clark before she steps foot on the floor in the NCAA tournament. And you need to understand that she's not just, uh, you know, she didn't just drop in out of space. Mm -hmm. Like this kid has been doing damage all year and leading the country in scoring. Okay, so it it just it, it really I know you can hear it in my voice, Gabe, but it just angers me that. You know, well, we've seen what Paige has done all year. Well, why haven't you seen what Caitlin Clark has done all year? Because she has been just as dominant in a conference that has five teams in the top 25. And now the Big Ten boasts the most teams in the Sweet 16 in the country with four. So let's mm-hmm. understand what we're really talking about. If we're going to be talking about it, then talk about all of it. And Caitlin Clark deserves her just due. And I don't care. Like, if I didn't call games for the Big Ten, I would say the same darn thing because I'm sick of it. There are players in this country who deserve the respect because of the work that they have put in over the course of this season. And Caitlin Clark, for her to be leading the country in scoring and then to come in and and just dominate and drop 35 on Kentucky – to take the team to the sweet 16 yet again. I mean, and give her, give her her roses and stop trying to take things away and and just focus on one thing. Like, don't do that. Like we don't do that in any other sport. I mean, we do that in women's basketball and there are so many elite level players that need to be discussed. And when we're talking about freshmen, I mean, I don't know of another freshman in the last several years who has come in and And done what Caitlin Clark has done. I mean, this is a kid who, you know, is ready for the pros uh, Kevin Durant said. He said, league her. Didn't he? Yes, he did. So, you don't have these random people. It's not, you know, some basement typewriter talking about, put her in the league. No, this is someone who's been in the league and won championships. And Kevin Durant saying, this kid is legit. So, if he can say it, why can't anybody else say it? And it's not like she just popped up out of a pop-up book all of a sudden and surprised people with her presence on the floor. So get it together. If you're going to talk about the game, talk about everybody in the game who's playing at an elite level, not just one or two players. Talk about everybody who's getting it done. And Caitlin Clark is doing that.
1: She She's getting her exposure <laughs> now. <laughs> yes, Christy, I agree. I um, had
2: to do she, some snaps in a circle on that because it just it, that <laughs> infuriates me.
1: No, it's true, and, and and the thing is, like, there just hasn't been enough exposure for Caitlin Clark because it, it's like if this was if this freshman was doing this in the men's side, we'd all be hearing about it all the but, time. It'd be on ESPN all the time, and they'd be they'd be picking up her games on ESPN. Whereas it didn't really happen for Iowa. That, that being all said, I don't think Caitlin Clark gives a damn about what you say about her. She, she is has- out. She out snatch souls. That's what she's been doing. Like this is. <laughs> This is you know, and this is where we're talking. I think we talked about this in March, and I mean yeah. uh, in our first, our first, our first March Madness episode uh, at the yeah. beginning of the month. Like, March is where legends are made. Mm-hmm. Caitlin Clark it has might- been has had a has had a legendary regular season. But guess yeah. what? If she loses in the first round, she loses in second round. Maybe people don't give her as much credit as she is due. She didn't do that. In the first two rounds of this tournament, she scored I think seventy eight points. Right thing. She has been on fire. She's been hitting yeah. shots that, you know, I'd ask people on Twitter, do you have a WNBA comparison for Caitlin Clark? And I tried to be, I tried to like dip my toe in the water because I didn't want to be too like hyperbolic. So I was like, oh, she's like, you know, a tall Christy Tolliver, who's one of the best scorers in league history and one of my favorite." Okay. All right. Oh, she. She's a, she's like a she plays a little bit more on ball, but is like, uh, Allie Quigley, who's the best shooter in WNBA history. Okay. All right. Come on, Gabe. Everyone told me that was not enough. They had We had to go to Diana Taurasi. So yeah. we're immediately skipping to the top because of that. That's how her style of play is. I yep. agree with it. And that's how good she's been. So if we're already yep. comparing this young lady to Diana Taurasi, like, yeah, yeah I think you, you, you should know about her um, beforehand. But hey, now you know about her regardless Um, In this matchup, though, what I'm really interested in is kind of I think UConn, if I'm UConn, right? Like Mm -hmm. I'm probably putting a Vina Westbrook on on Caitlin Clark and saying, like, just just don't let her get any air. Don't let her breathe. Don't let her. You have to be in her shirt all game long. If that's possible, you should go do it. And, you know, you have five fouls you should use, you should make use of as many of those as you possibly can before you get, as you know, it's like, that's my, that'd be my thinking coming into this game. Um, but I don't, I don't, I don't know. Cause it's like, I, is there, is there a thought that you should just say, Hey, like she's going to kill us, but we can outscore.
2: <laughs> I, you know, I mean, with Iowa, they're, they're scoring mm-hmm. the second most points in the country behind Maryland. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's not just you're not talking about the second most points in the Big Ten. We're talking about in the entire country. So this is a team that's high volume in terms of what they can do offensively. And, yes, Caitlin Clark hit six threes in the first half alone uh, in their last game against Kentucky. But, Mm -hmm. you know, there are other weapons that Iowa has in the pocket and, you know, you have to go down inside and, and look at the 68% shooter in Monica Sanano and what mm-hmm. she's able to do in the post. So, okay. If you're going to blanket Caitlin Clark, then there's McKenna Warnock who is the leading rebounder on the team. We don't talk about her enough. Um, you know, she had 10 boards in the last game or something crazy. I, you know, they just have, they have players who get the job done. And they have good balance. And, yes, Caitlin Clark is a, a phenom. But there are players around her who play their roles at a high level. They share the ball. They space the floor. They play smart on defense. And I think this was one thing, Gabe, that I thought was really interesting. When <clears throat> in Iowa, and Rutgers were playing in the Big Ten tournament recently, and we were talking to C. Uh, Vivian Stringer and her staff. Mm-hmm. Prior to that game And you know Iowa likes to throw A lot of defensive schemes Out there And and I, I asked I think I said You know are, are you expecting To see some junk Defense You know Like they They like to do A triangle and two They like boxing mm-hmm. One diamond one, All these things And the coaches said You know To everybody else That's junk defense But to Iowa That's like their Regular sure. defense yeah. Like this is what we do Like you know For other teams You may play man Or zone And those are your primary defensive sets. Right. But for Iowa, it's like man zone and all the junk defenses are all lumped in under that umbrella of what they do on the defensive end. And I just thought that was really interesting to to hear because you don't really you don't really think that way, and especially me as a coach. Like I'll throw that out there, but that's not something we're going to do like all Mm -hmm. the time. But that's something that that teams within the Big Ten in particular understand they need to plan for that Iowa's going to probably do some kind of um, makeshift uh, defense that you don't know the rules of and you just have to make do. So I think that's what's going to be intriguing to see what Iowa pulls out of the hat in that regard, Lisa Bluter, what she does against UConn and what she does to Paige. You know, mm-hmm. we're talking about what UConn needs to do for Caitlin Clark, but what's Iowa going to do on the other side of it on the defensive end? And, you know, they have to do their job on the defensive side, and and I think they did that well against Kentucky.
1: No, I think they did too. I, I, and there was, I think with Kentucky though, the, the challenge is a bit, I don't want to dismiss Kentucky. because Kentucky's a really good team. They just missed a lot of shots. That's why the that game <laughs> turned into a blowout. That game turned into a blowout because they missed shots. It wasn't because yeah. they're not good enough. Um, yeah. I think, you know, you play that game nine times out of 10, I, I'd probably pick Iowa to win that, but mm-hmm. you know, it's probably closer. Um, regardless, like, UConn provides a different aspect just because of the way Paige plays is not totally on ball. She doesn't ISO a ton. She's really coming off of screens, curling to the basket on those like getting mm-hmm. pin downs. And to me, I just don't, I don't know what the best strategy is. Cause we've seen, you know, box and one could work, but then, you know, your lead, someone's going to be open and you have a right. lot of, you have a lot of um, players that can that can kill you. You know, this yeah. is not a team that that just has one player. Like, yeah, Paige provides a lot of offense, but Leah Edwards can kill you. Olivia Nelson odota can kill you. Like, I wonder yeah. what this strategy will be because I think what we saw against South Carolina was the it was South Carolina just saying to Olivia Nelson Dota, "You beat us," and she couldn't from the mid range. Right. I don't know how much I want to bet on that. If I'm a yeah. And Gino yeah. and Gino's yeah. back, by the way, we didn't mention this, Gino. Yeah. Uh, he's back. Yeah. He has COVID diagnosis back for this round of games. So, you know, he's been preparing and he probably watched all of this Iowa game. Of um, course. <laughs> so it's to me, to me, I'm just like, I, I'm uh, hearing what you're talking about. I just don't know what junk you can throw at them. Um, yeah. That's going to really, you know, slow them down enough. My dog is going crazy. He doesn't. My dog doesn't know how much a, a box and one's going to work against Paige, <laughs> um, but man, this is going to be such a good matchup. Like, I can't believe we get this in year one of these two players. Oh, it's awesome,
2: and and you know, I think you know, for people saying that it's it, it's not about these two players, it's about Iowa and it's about UConn. The of teams, course. yeah, sure, okay, and that that is the big picture. How ever, okay. We're gonna be watching that matchup. I, I don't, I don't know about you, Gabe, but you know when I played against friends of mine or mm-hmm. teammates of mine, I loved them to death before and after the game. But during that thing, listen, that's gonna be it's on and popping during the yeah. game, and I don't care. Oh. Like we're, I'm winning. I'm my team. I'm gonna do what I can do for my team to win, and that's what I'm gonna be looking for. And and those two freshmen. Right with Paige Beckers and Caitlin Clark, and I I know Paige, you know, and I, I, you know, I just now met Caitlin this year as a freshman in the Big Ten, and just saw her in person at the tournament. So I, I I just have uh, the utmost respect for both of them. I'm excited for the game of Mm -hmm. basketball, absolutely, Uh, but I'm also intrigued about about that matchup, and I want to see who who comes out better in that. And the visual matchup. Yes. I want to know who's going to win the game because that's March madness, but I want to see who performs in this moment on ABC. Can,
1: we can kind <laughs> of get like a little, uh, the little personal rivalry started now. Exactly. Um, and, and why that's what I were, and, you know, I think we're going to have that in the WNBA with Sabrina Neskew and Kennedy Carter, um, I think they're going to have a little personal rivalry. And I think these two can have a little personal rivalry starting right now. And hopefully, you know, hopefully we get a couple more games in between them because I would love to see a little, like just Caitlin page going at each other in college for three years straight. That'd be amazing. We'll see though. We'll see. Cause it starts Mm. on, so it starts on Saturday. Saturday at one one o'clock on ABC. A lot of eyes, a lot of eyes on that. Yeah. And then
2: Michigan Baylor after that at three on ABC. So I
1: want to, I want to talk like, where else do we want to go here? Cause there's a lot of good games. We don't have like a ton of time to go as in depth as we did on the other games. Um, But I do, I think we should talk about, you know, uh, as many of these matchups as we can. So Baylor and Michigan, um, that's going to, that's probably going to be fun. Who, where do you think is the, um, the sticking point there, the key matchup for those two teams?
2: I mean, someone's got to slow down Smith for Baylor. I mean, she's yeah. just incredible, <laughs> and she's been playing great. I think for as well as uh, as Maryland has been on the offensive end, Baylor has been just as impressive um, with the way they've been able to score the ball in a balanced manner. But I also think, you know, you have to contend with Nas Hillman, and I, I just think that, you know, they're going to have to really devise an offense. I mean, I'm sorry, a defense where she – has her touches limited. I mean, she's done a great job, Nas Hillman has, of getting to the line and making her free throws. So she's going to have to do that. I think it's going to be a physical game down in the paint against Baylor. But I also think, you know, with the way Leah Brown has been playing for yeah. Michigan, I think that has been the difference maker so far in the tournament. Um, she has come up huge. And then Haley Brown, the last game, you know, against Tennessee, I thought was magnificent in that first half, um, getting her threes to fall and stretching the floor. And they're going to need to knock in those shots. So it's harder to double down and and crowd Nas Hillman in the paint. So that's what that needs to look like.
1: Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm a little worried for Michigan. Although, I mean, I I haven't you know, to me, I've picked Michigan to lose in the first round. So I've been wrong on Michigan this entire time. Uh, So maybe don't listen to me, but I'm a little worried for Michigan because of Baylor. I mean, they are um, doing what Maryland is doing on the other side of the bracket. Uh, They are, roasting teams, they have 191 points and have held, you know, two right. good, two pretty good teams to very low scoring efforts. So it's like, mm, this is another team that's kind of hot at the right time playing as well as they can. Um, and Michigan is, I think Michigan is also reaching their peak, um, especially with Leah Brown, like you mentioned. Um, yeah. but I just don't, I don't know how well Nas Hillman is going to be able to play against those bigs four. Baylor, like they have they have the size to really one up one on one against her, and that opens up so much more of your defense against Michigan. For sure. For sure. Um, Do you want to make a pick or no? Oh man.
2: I mean, I'm gonna I'm gonna ride with Michigan just because I mean I'm telling you, if they if they can get that balance and if they can slow down Baylor defensively, which I think is gonna be another major key for them. I think it's going to be close. It's not going to be like any kind of a blowout, but I think we may get kind of a a Texas a and m kind of Mm -hmm. game where it's back and forth um, and they may come back from a deficit or something, forcing overtime and get some clutch performance to to close a victory. But I think it's definitely possible with the confidence that Michigan is playing with right now. But I love Baylor and I love Kim Moki. And I mean, they have some bouncy perimeter players that could pose some some really tough matchups on the defensive end. So I'm anxious to see what that looks like defensively for Michigan. But I mean, I wouldn't be I wouldn't be opposed to seeing uh, Baylor come out on top. But I think Michigan may have the the fortitude right now to to pull off a clutch situation and some March Madness magic. (laughs) Uh,
1: I'm, I'm going with Baylor. (laughs) <laughs> uh, and, and for the record, uh, I'm going with Baylor. I'm going, I don't want, I'm not making a pick on the Yukon game. I'm not going to make you pick. What, I, we're, that's not a game okay. where you pick. That's not a game yeah. where you pick. You just no. sit down, watch it.
2: Yeah. We picked don't the game. It. That's like, that's like Jill Scott and Erica Badu on the, on the yeah. versus battle. Like we just, we just enjoy the moment of that. Right. Yeah. So we're going to enjoy the moment of that game period. That's that.
1: And we're both picking Maryland on the other side because there's that. Um, of course we are. <laughs> if you've listened to this podcast once, you knew That's that was right. coming. Um, right. let's just go down the line. Indiana, NC State, interesting because I think Indiana has the bigs to stand up to Cune. I think NC State looked a little shaky in that USF game. USF's a really good team. USF's mm-hmm. a really good team. I don't mean to say that they're not. Um, but it, it, NC State struggled a bit. And you know, they've they their team that has of the one seeds, of the top seeds in this tournament. Outside of Arkansas, uh, they probably <laughs> have the most up and down, and we all yeah. saw what happened to Arkansas. My poor, I my know. Poor I
2: was, I was feeling for you on that. What'd you say? Um,
1: my poor Razorbacks. My
2: I know. I, I was upay. feeling for you on that. I, I didn't want to reach out, and I was going to say somebody check on Gabe, but you know, I knew you were probably not doing so well, so I just kind of hey. let you just kind of stew for a little while with it. Oh, no. But hey, man, listen, I think that matchup is going to be really great. I think Indiana's defense. Is what Terry Morin has preached over mm-hmm. the, uh, the course of her time there on the sideline with the Hoosiers and Grace Berger is just playing out of her mind in terms of her consistency. And Allie Padberg has been doing great. She yep. holds the keys to the car that that uh, they drive. And Mackenzie Holmes on the interior, uh, she's just been a problem. I mean, you're talking about how well she can score on board, but she blocked shots. And I think she had five blocks in that yep. first game, like, I mean, she shuts things down inside, and I think they're going to need all kinds of defensive pressure, <clears throat> excuse me, to be disruptive against NC State. But I, I think Indiana can come out on top of that game because of the way they play on the defensive end.
1: No, I think so too. I think so too. Also, I forgot to mention this, but we have like this really cool feature on herhoopstats.com where oh. they have like predicted winners, um, uh-huh. and like they 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 use the stats here. Um, because we're obviously her hoop stats, um, and so NC State here against Indiana. So we her hoop stats has their own rating system where NC State is eight, Indiana is actually nine. So this is a really close matchup with NC State having a fifty-five point two percent chance of winning. Projected score being sixty-seven to sixty-six.
2: Wow! Yeah. Wow! I actually close game. Through. Look at that. That'll help <clears> me.
1: <laughs> yeah, I totally forgot about this until right now, which I should have been using because it has been—it's been pretty accurate. Yesterday, it missed uh, only one game because it said Iowa was going to lose, but obviously that was not true. Um, the other, so I think, I think here I'm with you. Like, I, I think Indiana has a real chance. I think Indiana is yeah. just as good um, if they catch NC State on one of their, you know, not. Obviously, NC State has the two best wins in the country, beating two number one teams on the road. But right. you can catch them. You can catch them on a, on a on a on a day where they're not hitting shots, and you know maybe their guards aren't doing as much. Maybe Kunnan gets into foul trouble. Um, she didn't have a good game against USF, and right. they, and they and they almost came back to bite them. So, All right. I think there's a there's a real chance that Indiana wins. Mm-hmm. For the sake of my bracket, which has been awful. <laughs> uh, I'm going to go with NC State. Do you want to make a pick?
2: Oh, man. I'm going with Indiana still. Okay. I'm going to stick with them. I I just think defense wins at this uh, point in the season. Um, You know, your your offense, hopefully they can get the shots to fall that that they've gotten to fall in the first two games. But I think the most impressive thing about Indiana so far in this tournament and all season has been their defensive energy and their attention to detail on that side. And Grace Berger said they bought into that. You know, after losing in the Big Ten tournament uh, and they have really come out and been more intentional, which is even more scary because they've always been very good with it.
1: No, I I think, you know, I I, I could see that one. I strongly disagree on the Michigan pick, but I think Indiana (laughs) uh, is a team that I I just you look at them and you say, that's it. That's a team that has a good matchup here. And they're really, really talented. They're really, really talented. Yeah. Um, we talked about Arizona and Texas AM. So I think here we can just kind of make a pick. I'll tell you what it says on herhoopstats.com. Um, yeah. What does
2: it say?
1: Uh, Texas A&M has a 63.5% chance of winning by a margin of a 38 low scoring wow. game. Low scoring game. It's definitely going to be a low scoring game. Um, I don't know. I... I'm going I don't with know. Arizona. Okay, go ahead. Go ahead.
2: <laughs> I'm going with the Dia, and, yeah. and you know, I, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna trust that the the sense of urgency uh, will be maintained on, again on the defensive end, starting with McDonald and the pace that she's gonna set for the team on that side.
1: Okay, I'm gonna go text and I'm partly because <laughs> I want to disagree. Secondly. <laughs> This is a narrative thing. So this is like, this has nothing to do with basketball because yeah. both these teams are great. Um, yeah. I think hard. they're equal. I think they're equally talented. Texas A&M probably has a little bit uh, more around their star guard than Arizona does, but Arizona has enough. Certainly. I think Texas m has enough to win, right. but Arizona has never been past the Sweet 16. I'm a big believer when you're coaching,
2: mm-hmm.
1: you can't, there's no skipping this, the building blocks you got to lose sometimes to build a program, not that you want to lose, but just like in, in building a program, you gotta, you you sometimes lose and that builds something in your program that makes it stronger the next time you get to that point. So to me, just from like a narrative sense, yeah. In Texas A&M also I have them in my bracket, so that's helpful for me. Um, But I think this team, this Texas A&M team, just really strong, knows the moment. And I think, um, they just have a little bit too much for Arizona. Um, although, you know, Arizona has it has a great story there with Ari McDonald. Um, okay, let's let's continue moving. Uh, okay. All right, so that's the first day. So, by the way, that – you I, oh, man, Saturday is going to be awesome. Iowa-UConn, first up, then Michigan-Baylor, then Indiana-NC State, then Arizona-Texas A&M, all on Saturday starting at 1 p.m. That's going to be phenomenal.
2: Yep. Uh, I can't wait for that. I mean, all the games, I mean, at at this point, it's just like, I mean, hooray for the game. Like at this point, like we we just want to see great basketball. I want to see the dramatics. I want to see clutch moments. I want to see heroics. I want to see it all. I want to see great coaching. Like I'm I'm cheering for it all. I I think (laughs) it's just going to be so much fun.
1: And you know what? Another thing is though, that, and and I, I don't like doing this, but, One thing that the women's tournament has over the men's tournament is Mm -hmm. this year especially, there's been a perfect amount of upsets. There hasn't been too much that there is not the best teams in the Sweet 16. I think on the men's side, you look at it and there are a few of the best teams in the country that aren't there because of upsets and because of of teams that are really good losing. So now on the women's side, we get to see all of the best teams, all the best players in these big moments. Um, and that's just one thing that I really like as, you know, and I get it, you know, upsets are fantastic. They make the first round of the tournament. Great. But the, the later rounds, the second weekend is better when you have all of the great teams and we have all of our great teams. Yeah, so we really do. Yeah. Speaking of on a, Carolina, court. on a neutral court, South Carolina, Georgia tech. So this is according to her hoop stats, I'm guessing yes. This is the biggest mismatch in the uh, in the second round here. It go it's uh, South Carolina is favored according to our model by 15.9 points, almost 16. points. Hey. 91.8% chance of winning. However, little thing about destiny, right? Like the Georgia Tech, picked ninth to finish in the ACC this year, finishes third. Nell Fortner coming in. Gets year one under her belt. She has a 21 season. Doesn't make it to the tournament. Comes back with, with Kubai with this team that's tough. Just tough. They're, just yeah, tough. they're tough as nails. And like, I think it's going to be closer. I, I'm going to go with South Carolina because they're just too good defensively. Like, I they're they're one of the probably the best defensive team in the country. But I could see it right. And that's a testament to what uh, Nell Fortner's built at Georgia Tech in a couple years.
2: Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, you talk about what Don Staley has been able to do at South Carolina, which has been amazing. And mm-hmm. the connection that she has with Nell Fortner and the USA Basketball and, and all of that, too, I think uh, it kind of ties in as well. But when you're talking about the naysayers and the people, um, you know, who had Georgia Tech ranked ninth, um, the mm-hmm. people who didn't rank Iowa in the top 25, you know. It's so funny for me to see, you know, a team like Michigan not make the the early reveals and either of of the top 16 early reveal segments this season and then be in the sweet 16. I just think that it it just really speaks to the will and fortitude of each team Mm -hmm. and to have coaches in place to say, well, you can say what you want, but we're going to win. And that will be our speaking point like we don't even need to discuss it. And I think that's what we're seeing with Georgia tech and right. Nell Fortner and, you know, South Carolina, I think just has too much firepower just across okay. the board. And, you know, they just have, um, you know, bouncy guards, they have linked inside. And Elia uh, Boston is, is phenomenal in the paint. And I love her game only a sophomore too, which, you know, mm-hmm. sometimes I just have to pinch myself and remind myself that she's only in her second year in college, but, I just think that that's going to be um a really fun game to watch because I know that Nell Fortner is going to you know really try her best in um uh, now on wheels is so she said that podcast yeah. I don't know if she still has it but you know her wheels are going to be spinning um and trying to uh come up with a defensive philosophy for that game and something for her um, players to hold on to in that way but I know Don Staley too and yeah. you know she still carries a piece of that net in her wallet from when they won the championship With uh, Asia Wilson and the crew, Mm -hmm. Uh, I just think it's going to be a a really fun, fun game to watch uh, because of all those factors. But I think the madness is going to to really show itself in that game. And I would not be surprised if uh, if Georgia Tech gives them a nice run.
1: Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if, if South Carolina just blows them out. Although that hasn't been what South Carolina mm-hmm. has been doing lately. Like they just, they don't like just run over teams um, because of how you know, they just play a really defensive focus game. So like, yeah. I think it's probably going to be close, but I, I, I think South Carolina is going to pull off. And I also think like, look, like the basketball gods have shined upon us in this tournament. Like we're getting Caitlin right. Clark and Paige Beckers. We're getting the, the Texas A&M, Arizona matchup. We're getting some fantastic, like Oregon's, Oregon, Louisville is gonna be amazing. We'll talk about that in a second. But like, I just think the God, the basketball gods are shining upon us. And I think that means we're gonna get South Carolina, Maryland, because I need to see that game. Like, just like, <laughs> I need it. Like, That's it's what, what you, you want. want. <laughs> no, no, it's not what I want. It's what I, it's what I need what you, in life. I need. It, it's, look, it's been a tough year, Christy.
2: It has, it has. We, we deserve
1: I, it. We deserve that game. no shade <laughs> at all. like if it ends up being Texas and Georgia Tech that's gonna be a great game too. However, I need South Carolina, Maryland. I need
2: yeah Carolina. Um, that, that would be beautiful because they've split the last two years, you know mm-hmm. uh, <clears throat> so I think that's that's pretty interesting too. but yeah, that, that would be a great game. If we get it, so. when, when we get it, let's go ahead and just stay positive in the atmosphere. <laughs> yeah. When we get it, let's go ahead and manifest it.
1: <laughs> um, no, when we get it, because we're going to, I, well, yeah. oh God, I've been so wrong this tournament. Like everything I've picked is wrong. <laughs> like, I think I'm, I want to say, hold on, let me find, I'm going to tell you guys what my, this is why you should never listen to like my predictions. Like I have good, I tell you guys good stuff, but you shouldn't listen to my predictions because I'm ranked 143rd. In her the her hoot stats Uh-oh. bracket challenge. Oh no. At one point I was last. And like at one point after the after the first day of the second round, I was I mean at the first day of the first round, I was dead last. I've moved up oh, a little snap. bit. Um and I do want to shout out to Kelly O'Mara, who picked Virginia Tech to win the title. I love you. Like that is, I'm sure you're a Virginia <laughs> Tech fan. And I, that's wow. that takes that takes guts. I do that every year when Miami's in the tournament. I pick Miami to win because that's just how you got you got rolling. Like huh. You gotta stick guys, stick to the ones that you love. Uh, let's yeah, go down the line. Yeah, that escalated. Yeah, that escalated quickly
2: on on Kenny Brooks. Man, I love him, but that was a yeah. tough one for them.
1: Yeah. Well, they're playing. They're playing a really good team. They made the second round. though. I mean, I think that's that's something you gotta you gotta take. Um, as a building yeah. block, like I was saying out there, like <clears throat> these are building blocks. These make your these make your program better in time when you can make these little accomplishments. Uh, the next game here, three p.m. on Sunday on ABC, Missouri State Stanford. This is going to be a sneaky good one if people haven't watched Missouri State as Dewey, Christie's cat got him. Our, got him. Our more our most frequent podcast <laughs> <Sorry>. guest. <laughs> he's
2: so he's so wandering. He's just wandering all over. Anyway, go ahead. Sorry. <laughs>
1: He probably, he wants to he wants to give his opinions on on Thank these you. games. So, okay, yeah. Stanford, Missouri State. I think if you haven't watched Missouri State this season, you're going to be surprised by how close this game is. Her hoop stats has this as a nine point margin in favor of Stanford. I think it's going to be a little closer than that, just because like Missouri State has showed up and stood toe to toe with some of the best teams in the country already this year. They're one yeah. of those programs going back to when Jackie Stiles was around, like. They are not afraid of anybody. They they can take it to the final four when they have a good year. This team is really solid. Bryce Caleb, great, great player. I think she's a senior mm-hmm. now this year. Um, and she may, you know, who knows what being a senior means this year. But I think this is going to be a little closer than people might expect if you haven't watched a ton of Missouri State. Um, do you think they're, I mean, here, obviously there's always a chance for an upset. Are you picking Stanford though? I'm
2: picking Stanford, and Mm -hmm. I love Amaka Agugua, who is doing a tremendous job at Missouri State with Mm -hmm. her staff. Uh, Tori Jankoska is also on the staff, who is a a great Michigan State player. Uh, She's there as an assistant. Uh, You know, I I just love when when players buy into what the coach is selling in terms of philosophy, culture, uh, overall just feel. And vibe. I think that it's it's a fantastic atmosphere that she's <laughs> created there. But Stanford, man, I man, they just have too many weapons too across the board um, uh, to make it uh, a, you know an easy an easy hurdle for Missouri State in that way. Um, I think Stanford comes out on top in that one for sure.
1: I agree. I think Haley Jones, Kiana Williams, like Karen, Karen, yeah. bring coming around to like Karen, yeah. Karen. Yeah. Obviously, she's one of the best freshmen in the country, but coming in and like really understanding her role now. Right. Um. You know, she has five blocks against Oregon State. I know.
2: Amazing. Yeah. She's so, she's becoming more confident. I think is the key and and comfortable, like you said, with her role and and she's performing really well.
1: But don't be surprised when Missouri State is in this game. I think Missouri State's going to be in this game in the fourth quarter. Uh, I th- I'm going with you. I'm with him. I'm taking Stanford, but I think right. Missouri state's going to be in this one um, until the end. Uh, and that's going to be a good one. So now let's move on. 7. PM ESPN, Louisville, Oregon. So in our, okay. in our bracket picking thing, I said I picked against Oregon in the first round. I quickly changed that uh, <laughs> because Sedona Prince like led the whole, led the charge yeah. of, uh, changing the NCAA's weight room and the disparities. And I'm sure you've heard a lot about that. And, and you know, obviously we get into it, but at this point in time, like I really just want to focus on the games because I, I think a lot of people yeah. are focusing on, on that stuff. And that's yeah. great. And, and you know, I think that needs your attention, but the games also need attention. But yeah. once I saw that, I was like, all right, team of destiny. Like click click clicking the <laughs> team of destiny button for Oregon. It's like okay, so Donna Prince is going to take this team where they need to go. Uh, they're in the Sweet 16 in, in yeah. large part because of her efforts uh, against uh, Georgia, who's a great team. Um, yeah, she had 22 points. Uh, so yeah. this this team has a good feeling about it. Oregon did the Sweet 16 for the fourth straight time. They got Louisville, Louisville who did not look good for three quarters against uh, for the half and half and half a quarter against Northwestern got it together and, and won the game by nine points. I honestly, I think I'm going to work in here Just slay the team of destiny button.
2: (laughs) Yeah. I, you know, that, that Northwestern game, man, I tell you what, the way Northwestern was shooting, I think they had 25 points in the first quarter alone, but then didn't score more than 30 in the rest of the game in the last three quarters, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and that was just a shame uh, for Joe McEwen Cause I know, you know, they want to share of the big 10 regular season title last year. Didn't get the tournament, like, like no one got the tournament last year, but still uh, they were really looking forward to, to making a deep run. Lindsay Pulliam did not play her best game in that contest. Uh, so they kind of took her out of it. I think she was one of 11 or one of 12 something. And, you know, they just didn't have the, the defensive, um, abilities that I that I was loving about Northwestern all season long. So uh, with their blizzard zone defense and all, but with a team like Louisville and and two-time ACC player of the year and Dana Evans, I mean, you just can't, you can't deny that fact. And she just got hungry as the game went on and just got more ravenous and just started to attack the bucket, um, took it to the paint and and got those mid-range and got those buckets right at the rim. And I think that made a difference for Louisville. So you know, kudos to Jeff Walls for, um, you know, changing the game plan in that way. You know, they couldn't crack the code on the outside against that blizzard zone that Northwestern presented. But, boy, when they turned the corner and got in those creases and crevices against it, they really did um, change the tide of the game. And so with a team like Louisville, I just think that they have they have great balance, but they can't wait. You know, and there, there are a couple games in this tournament they have – been slow out of the gates and they cannot do that against Oregon. They mm-hmm. will make you pay. Um, and they will stay consistent, I believe. And that's the one thing that, that did Northwestern in is that they they weren't consistent with the effort they had in that first quarter on the offensive side. And, um, you know, they couldn't get the pace they wanted. They had I think 12 points off turnovers in the first half against Louisville. And then in the second half, they had zero points off turnovers. So I think if you can, um, if Oregon can turn up the heat on the defensive end and get those live ball situations, then I think that will serve them well in that game against the I,
1: I wonder if Tiana Pow has a chance of playing, though, because now we're in the I, second weekend. That'd be yeah, huge. That would be huge. That would give me a lot more confidence in Oregon because they haven't been able to score at the same pace that they're usually scoring. Their defense has been phenomenal. Right. But I, I, their their offense has lacked something. Um, and if she can come back, I'm not sure. I haven't seen anything um, about it. But if she can come back, yeah, it's on. It's on and popping for Oregon. Um, yeah. And also, I don't know if I said I make this mistake fairly often when I talk about Stanford and Oregon. I mean Stanford and Louisville at the same time. I don't know if I called Kiana Williams Kiana Smith because Kiana Smith is on Louisville and she's <laughs> balling out right now. And Kiana Jeez. Williams is on Stanford and she's also balling out. So I don't know if I got that confused. I just wanted to clear that up don't um, no, no, you're good. I think you're all right. <laughs> uh it's a one point one uh it's a one point margin according to the Herd Hoop stats model, Louisville wow. and Oregon. So that's gonna be that's gonna be a, a one to circle on Sunday. Uh and man, I don't know. A, you know, Haley Van Lith also showing me a lot. The freshmen, man. Like freshmen. We, we got amazing freshmen in this Talk class. About it. Yeah. Uh,
2: terrific. I mean, let's talk about it more. Like these, these kids are getting it done. To,
1: to give you your Sunday lineup, 1 p.m. ABC, Georgia Tech, South Carolina, 3 p.m. ABC, Missouri State, Stanford, 7 p.m. on ESPN, Oregon, Louisville, 9 p.m. on ESPN, Texas and Maryland. They're making a <sighs> stay up late.
2: Man, I'm going to have a, a groove in my couch because I'm going to be sitting and so, watching all that, um, right? Yeah.
1: Spot, You got spot weld yourself in, no movement. Corner, man. The seatbelt. Yeah. I right?
2: need a seatbelt and everything.
1: This is when you got to teach your dog how to get stuff from the fridge. I know. Uh, get a drone. Get a
2: drone. Yeah.
1: Oh, that's not a bad idea. See? The future is going to be amazing for us people who have to watch sports all day long. Right. Um, so get ready, folks. Like, watch a movie tonight. The NBA, like, don't worry about it. Like, it's trade deadline. Like, nothing's happening. Like, you can you you can take (laughs) you can take a night off from the NBA to watch a movie, hang out with the people in your lives who don't watch basketball.
2: Right, right.
1: And then get ready because on the weekend (laughs) there ain't no movement. It's on and
2: cracking. Oh my god, it's on and cracking this weekend. Uh, I love it. I'm so
1: excited. I'm so excited because this is uh, it's gonna be crazy. It's going to be, it's going to be an insane weekend. And then we also have the men's tournament over the weekend. So this is going to be like an eight screen day. Yeah. Um, uh, iPad,
2: phone, TVs, all of it. Picture in picture.
1: (laughs) I I don't even know who's what time. Like I haven't looked the men's schedule. I hope, I hope there's some times where I can watch some, some of them. But I told you I had I had carpal tunnel in my in my thumb because I was changing yeah, all the channels okay. all week long. I was so happy
2: about that though. I'm not mad, and no shade on carpal tunnel uh, sufferers, but yeah, i I'm, I'm uh, my thumb hurts, man.
1: I've, I've been uh, I found this guy on TikTok because I'm very young. You can ask Brie if she's on TikTok because I'm <laughs> she's also on TikTok. TikTok. <laughs> um, I'm on TikTok. I'm, I'm very young and hip. Um, I found this guy <laughs> teach this is what I do on TikTok. There's this guy who teaches you how to do like wrist exercises to have more. oh, I suggest I that it. for everyone. Yeah a, yeah, a little stretches, a little stretches because you're gonna need it. You're gonna need it. You're gonna be clicking with the TV on one hand, laptop on the other, phone on something else. Make sure your <laughs> internet connection's working because like this weekend's gonna be wild. Um, I love so, it. I'm so glad we get yeah. all this basketball, Christy. Yoga for the wrist. That's it what it I'll is be. actually it is yoga for the wrist. He's uh, love it. He calls himself the posture savior because he looks like Jesus. But yes. Oh wow! Absolutely. All people can learn stuff on TikTok, and that's hey. all. That's all I got, Christy.
2: There's hope for me then. There's hope. All right, I sit my last little bit of of cranberry juice, and <laughs> no, I have coffee today. Yes. But. A lot of hoops this week, so coffee for me today. But, hey, it's been a blast talking about all the March Madness. Courtside with Gabe Ibrahim. I am Christy Winter Scott. You can find me on Twitter at at Christy W. Scott 51 on Twitter and Instagram. And Gabe, where can they find you?
1: You can find me at Gabe <laughs> underscore Ibrahim. I have a, a story about um, Alicia Clark that I'm really, really proud of. I talked to, like, I talked to Tina Thompson, I talked to Brian Agler, I talked to Jenny Busick, I talked to a bunch of people about Alicia Clark, the newest member of the Washington Mystics. Um, and she's a very special person. And I got to write a story that I'm very proud of. So if you all want to check that out for me, it's pinned on my Twitter profile at Gabe underscore Ibrahim. It's also on Queens, QueenBallerClub.com. Um, I love
2: it. Oh my gosh, and, that's a that's an automatic retweet from me. So look for a retweet on my <laughs> sending that out. Because Alicia the, uh, Clark is the best
1: she she's she's an ma she's like truly a, a really special person who taught me a lot about like life not just basketball so that's really cool um that being said follow at her hoop stats as well because i'll be having i'll be writing like a less serious article about march madness and everything <laughs> has been amazing uh you can follow also follow the her hoop stats newsletter her that's that's all of the plugs i have christy
2: Oh, that's that's good enough for me. Listen, we are all set up for this weekend. We are all set up for the great read on Alicia Clark, the newest member of the Washington Mystics by you, Gabe. I can't wait to read it. I'm going to go do that right now. I'm going to hop off here. But it has been a blast as always, my friend. And we will catch up with you after the Sweet 16 transpires this weekend. I can't wait to talk about what happens next.